Welcome. Hello. I'm so happy to have you here at the Culture Road Podcast. I've been waiting for this. I'm excited about this. We were just having a conversation like in 20 minutes in. I'm like, wait, stop. We got to turn. We got to turn the we got to turn on the cameras. This is really powerful. And so, uh, Victoria Shabazz, I am really excited to welcome you to the Culture Road Podcast. Look forward to spending time um, over the next hour or so having a conversation with you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I'm excited. It's going to be good. The Culture Road podcast is really about um, having conversations with people who are doing interesting, meaningful, values-rich work um, in their communities, in their professions, in their personal lives, and then sharing those stories and sharing um, potential for inciting inspiration, ideas, new conversations with people who could also potentially contribute in more meaningful ways in their own lives or collaborate with each other because of something that may have stimulated them here. So uh, really looking forward to talking more about your your work and the meaning associated with it. The, the first thing I'd like to do, though, as we start with the um, conversation is to invite you just to tell us more about yourself. So I know that you are the founder of OnDecker. I'm going to ask you to tell us more about that and what OnDecker does and the important relationships you have um, in the professional communities. But before we get to that, tell us a little bit more about who you are as Victoria Shabazz. Well, um, I will say what I do with OnDecker and who I am is kind of one. I embody it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that was something that I was really excited about is growing up. They tell you, tap into who you are and and live your truth and i always found i was always drawn to giving back and to helping people and to you know lending a hand to people who didn't know and i thought that i knew the answers so um it's kind of it's a combination of who i am all day every day and um so i'm excited to to share a little bit more about the agency and what we're doing but um you know i'm one of five kids i'm the middle child i think i'm my mom's favorite <laughs> 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 but um, I grew up in a very sports-oriented home and uh, and very close-knit. We always, always, always had each other's back. And my mom made us eat dinner with each other every single night. Love it. No matter what time we came home from practice or what that looked like. She was like, uh-uh, table, Love dinner it. time. So um, so community is what I know from home. And uh, and like I said, I'm one of five. So there's there's a bunch of us. Yeah. And we're very close. I talk to my siblings every single day. You know about being on a team. Oh, that was exactly. You were part of a team right from the jump, right? Exactly. <laughs> and that's my team. And that's my forever team. And we have each other's back. So um, just kind of transitioning that over into my professional life. And uh, just, you know, like I said, embodying who I am and trying to let that resonate with other people in the community. Where did you, um, it, well, again, we haven't gotten to more about OnDecker specifically in that part of your career, but from like growing up to starting your career, what were some of the either um, kind of educational or early career experiences that you had that kind of set you up for being the founder of an organization? Um, I don't think you're ever ready to be a founder, right? <laughs> it's crazy every time I, I have someone reach out to me and ask me this, I'm like, let, give me one second. <laughs> Let me make sure I'm giving the, the, the most appropriate advice here. But um, I think that life teaches you and it and it sets you up for where you're supposed to be. I'm a very, yeah. very, very faith-driven individual and uh, fear and faith don't coexist. So always tapping and leaning into my faith and just understanding that like my heart is guiding me and, and that's going to take you to where you're destined to be because we do all have, destiny is real. Um, you know, I think that there was a couple of 
life-changing factors that happened in my life. I was very fortunate growing up. My mom is an incredibly hardworking woman, single mom. We all went Mm. to private school. We all were able to live the life that we wanted to live, thankfully. And uh, that was, but that wasn't always financial difficulty did hit our family. And in those moments I had my best friend still to today's family come to my aid and like, Hey, don't worry, we've got your back. Wow. And that hope has always resonated with me. That hope lives within me because someone who didn't have to have my back or come to my rescue was there in my corner. And, you know, this is me being a 17-year-old girl. Yeah. I had nothing to offer back, but they believed in me and they saw my value and she wanted to make sure that I didn't struggle, me or anyone within my uh, family. So I that that actually lives rent-free in my mind yeah, yeah. <laughs> a day in and day out. And that hope is something that I hope to inspire in people that I've never met, people that I've never seen before. And uh, that's my true mission. It's so It's so wild that you tell that story and you talked about how um, you know, being one of five children, single mom. I, mine is not exactly the same, but I'm one of four, single mom also. And we didn't all have dinner together every day, but we definitely were so close-knit that it just helped me um, create a different appreciation, right? I, I don't know. I can't imagine what it was like. Would it be like to not have that oh, yeah. experience <laughs> and, and to always have people who are in my corner and love me unconditionally and also to kind of wrestle through things that are you know, it's not optional. It's not like a friend where you can leave and not talk to each other for a while. You have to wrestle through things early on in life. And so it taught me kind of a toughness and also how to how to coexist with people who might see things or do things differently for me or when I feel like my space is invaded. What does that look like? But it also really resonated with me that you talked about people who at 17 years old where you had nothing to give back were right there for you. And it's funny because when I went to college, I was in the same situation. I was a first-generation college student and similar age. And I really got myself upside down. I was really having a hard time. And I had people kind of swoop in, who people who didn't even know me, it sounded, you know, who just like saw something in me that I didn't see in myself at that point and just poured love into me. And ever since then, I have been, it has never, ever left me, not for one day. I've never taken it for granted. And I've always been like, I have to find a way to pay it back. Maybe not to them specifically, but I know that what they want from me is to pay it forward. And that's the greatest gift that I could ever do is to live consistent with their values, right? And it's, it's a huge gift. So I kind of feel like, I get it. You know, like that piece right here that's like, this is who I am and this is how I show up in the world. Yeah. I kind of get it. Absolutely. 100% because people are always watching. People are always yeah. looking. And we didn't go through all of that just to go through all no. of that. <laughs> yeah. It's to, it's to really leave an imprint and to, to let our journey be our story yeah. authentically. Yeah. And true to it. So I love it. And we have to tell the story. Yeah. We have to tell the story because people are listening, people are watching. And sometimes from the outside, it might look like, oh, look at you. You have it all put together. You figured it out. You're a founder, blah, blah. And then you're like, well, actually, yeah. I don't exactly know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, it's, it's beautiful. Okay, so now you're at the point in the story where you founded On Decker and that's where you are right now. Tell us a little bit more about On Decker. It sounds super fascinating, but I also need you to unpack it a little bit and help us understand Definitely. a little bit more about what it is. Um, I was an athlete. I played sports growing up my entire life. I was a soccer player and there's something about team activity again, right? It's it's something that just motivates you, that competitive nature really mm. just brings out. And I have always, always just admired the discipline that goes into sports. Yeah. And it's something while we look at 
you know, now we're in the NBA finals and we're watching these guys on TV and we're just looking at them. But that took so many years for that moment to come alive for them. Yeah. And people don't understand that. So growing up playing sports, I had this admiration for every single athlete, all of my teammates, everyone who played another sport. My siblings all played sports as well. And it was something that I always wanted to be around because mm. it's just a different culture yeah. of people that understand that discipline, that obedience and the bigger picture play. Um so while growing up playing sports, I went to university. I was able to play soccer there as well. After I graduated university, it was kind of time to hit the real world. And while figuring it out, it doesn't always look so beautiful. Yeah. Ironically enough, On Decker started as a media company. And I, it started as me traveling to these different cities. And I, again, I was fortunate while playing sports and my older brother played basketball at a high level. I was able to meet a lot of these guys that we know, these Antra roles, these, you know, different basketball players, football players, and I was able to watch them. And I started to listen to their story. How? Mm -hmm. Why did you get to where you're at? What was the discipline like? Did you have no other choice but to have discipline so that you can kind of play this out? And that's what our documentaries were about. Interesting. We would travel to wherever these individuals played and we'd get their story. What happened? And, uh, you know, something that you mentioned earlier when we were talking offline uh, about crisis control, you know, Josh Gordon played for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. He was he was the first athlete that I really, really worked with and, uh, you know, got in trouble in the NFL for drug abuse and, and a couple of other things. And he called me one day and he said, hey, can you come and do a video? And I want to tell the world I'm not a drug addict. I uh. just kind of got down the wrong path. Yeah. People forget just because I'm on TV all the time and the, the salary that I'm making, my age. Yeah. And this is a new world for me. Hmm. And there's so much beauty in that story, so much beauty in mistakes. Uh, so I, I went to Cleveland, my mom and I. We, we went up to Cleveland. I said, Mom, I need help. I've never done this before, but this is an opportunity and I can't pass it up. I want to help my friends let the world know. He didn't, you know. Wait, wait, you didn't even have the media company yet. And he called you and said, can you help yeah, me tell my story? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that's how it started. Yeah. So then what happened? So we went over there and I told a story and uh, I asked some of my friends. I said, where can I upload these videos? Oh. Like, oh, YouTube. And then kind of have a website. Uh, word gets out. Um, not, next thing I know, HBO is calling me. ESPN is calling me. Sports Illustrated is calling me. Yahoo Sports is calling me. And you know, I'm like, wow, this is, I don't even know what they want me to talk to me oh about. But the fact that I'm getting a phone call from HBO and an email from ESPN and all these things, like I'm obsessed with this feeling that it's invoking in me. Like mm -hmm. this fire, I want to follow this fire. So we go out to Cleveland. I create a website on Wix, which is just kind of like a yeah. Squarespace, right? And uh, my website crashes the next day when we air <laughs> the video. Really? When we air the video. It was about 30,000 people that like watched it immediately as soon as it launched. And then now I think it has over a million views, this video. And it crashed. <laughs> Obviously it crashed. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. But um, On Wix. I love it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of how it all started. And I knew that I, I realized the impact there, these athletes and entertainers voice had. Yeah. And how they were also tuned in. And how they listened, how people waited for this interview to drop and how it aired everywhere. And it was a moment. And I took that understanding of what I learned of people care of what they say. Let's give them something that they care about. Yeah. And let's, let's help them be a little bit better. Let's inspire. Let's let 
it be contagious to be kind and to be yeah, nice yeah. and to give back and to do all of these things. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of when I pivoted over and um, and then I started to talk to different athletes and say, hey, let's do some community stuff. Let's uh, let's 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 inspire the community. Let's let them know that you're here for them, not only to be the face of when there's a mistake and to listen to them, to listen to you while you make this mistake and right or wrong, but also what you are doing to kind of prevent other people from following that same path. Got it. So then you flipped the directionality and was like, okay, if this is what we was so powerful, then how do we do this in reverse where we proactively exactly. tell our story in ways that allow for the prominent narrative, right? To be controlled by the person yep. and also to focus on ways that um, allow people to see their generosity and their kindness and 100%. their true selves. 100%. Beautiful. And now you work with people across different kinds of sports? Yes. Uh, I'm very, very fortunate. I've got a great, great list of clients. I've got Miami Heat's Bam Adebayo. Uh, yep. LA Dodger, Mookie Betts. Work with uh, Tyler Hero as well and a couple of the other guys. So Love it. It's, it's very fascinating, again, just watching that discipline day in and day out and then the time that they make to give back because it is important to them. So. so we were talking before we started about uh, Bam at a bio and yep. we're, you know, heat is in the playoffs. It's so exciting. <laughs> I'm like, I'm pins and needles all the time. This is a big deal. It like is. Miami is a big sports town right now. There's a lot going on between the heat and the Panthers. Messi's coming. I mean, like everything yep. sports related. That's very cool. is happening right now in Miami. It is. But you were talking about last night how a reporter asked um, Bam Adebayo, tell me the story you tell me. Yeah, the reporter asked him, how is he handling the weight and the pressure that comes with being in the NBA playoffs in the finals? And his answer just really brought almost tears to my eyes because it's so it's so real, right? He said, pressure and weight, I lived off of $12,000 a year. Him and his mother lived off of $12,000 a year. That's true weight. Yeah. And that's real life. Yeah. And that is reality for so many Americans and so many individuals across the nation. And he said, this is fun. I get, <laughs> you know, regardless of what happens out there, I get to go home and I know that my mom has a roof over her head, something that wasn't a reality growing up. I know that we have food. Yeah. I know that that the importance are all taken care of. And that's where his heart lies. I love it. Is that so as you kind of talk to different athletes and, you know, um, I, I have my own kind of story of um, over many years being in the world of kind of uh, sports and athletes because of a previous uh, relationship. And I, I I feel like there are through threads and I feel like there are certain things that, you know, I've learned as far as kind of patterns that exist that are pretty powerful. From your point of view, talking with people, do you think that there's a a specific through thread or theme that leads to this greatness, the thing that differentiate good athletes in high school and even college from people who really excel when it comes to kind of next level? What are the, what are the, like the differentiators? Yeah. Um, I think kind of like true in any type of success in life, it's that discipline. St be, staying obedient, trusting the process mm. is, is exactly what you see day in and day out. Um, you know, unfortunately last night we, we lost. Yeah. These guys waking up today, they forgot about that loss already. Yeah. They're disciplined. Yeah. They're they're true to their goal. They they have a vision. What happened yesterday is not what's happening today. Yeah. And that's something it's kind of not not dwelling and just being able to 
stay focused and keep your eyes on the prize and stay true to the vision yeah. is ultimately what kind of separates people. It's, you know, that, that does not mean stay true to your emotions. I say that honestly, but yeah, yeah. understand what your purpose is and what your goal is so that that's where you're accomplishing and that's where you're heading. And sometimes we're not going to get it right, yeah. right? So, <laughs> we're not going to win everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like there's somebody's got to win, right? Yeah. And somebody just in a, in a competition where somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose, it's going to happen. And so, you know, to think about like, what does that mean? Does it mean that I am a loser no. or does it mean that we have an opportunity to do something differently and better the next time around? Yep. And I think even that opportunity to kind of reframe, it's like this mental, not toughness necessarily, but it's mental Discipline. I love that you use the word discipline. I have to tell you, discipline is one of those words that I feel very strongly about. I feel like it's um, incredibly important and it's one of my core values. Um, but I also get a lot of pushback that discipline is not resonating well, especially with younger people. That's the feedback that I get as a, as a person who's on a board of uh, schools. And so I often get uh, you know feedback that the word discipline doesn't resonate with people. And I'm like, no, that's the differentiator. It is literally going to mean the difference between yeah. you having a dream and your dreams coming reality. And every day isn't game day. Exactly. And every other day that leads up to that game day, and there are going to be a thousand or ten thousand of those days before game day. That's the discipline, and that kind of effort is just it, you've got to be able to say, "Here's where I'm trying to be," and stay laser focused on where it is that we're trying to go. And then all the other days that are not the sexy, glamorous, <laughs> you know, arena filled moments, those are the moments that count. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's pretty powerful to think about the word discipline. Damon yeah. Lillard says, um, "Before you saw me make that three pointer, I missed ten thousand of them before." That's it. That's the quote. You know, and it's true. Yeah. It, it, when the lights weren't on, you guys didn't see what was happening before the lights turned on. Yeah. And staying true to your to your craft and staying true to your vision, because again, we we have intuition. We know we know what we're destined for. Yeah. Well, some of us know what we're destined for. And that's the easy, that's the interesting part. When I think about even like Culture Road, when I think about the work that I do on a day-to-day -day basis, there are so many people who don't really know. They're kind of drifting. Like they're like, I know I don't really like it here. And I know what I don't want. Yeah. But they don't really have like a really laser sharp focus of what they do want and that really um, clear sense of purpose and meaning. And for you, it sounds like you were able to hone in on that early. And then you had specific experiences that allowed you to like click and go, yep, that's it. This yeah. feeling, I want to reproduce this. This is the path that I want to follow. And people like uh, Bam and other people are able to like have a really clear sense of it. But it is interesting to think about for all people, regardless of whether or not you're an athlete, to think about what is it that you really want? It's not just, I don't like this yeah. and I know I don't want that. What is it that you actually want? Because directional force is really powerful. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think my mom did such an incredible job of that growing up. Um, she just might get a little bit of pushback, but growing up, she said to, to us, life is expensive. Everything that you guys <laughs> enjoys is expensive, unfortunately. So that doesn't mean <clears throat> this is what you guys need or this is what you guys actually want. But if this is what you want, you can find a career and, and be great at it. And it can give you your life. And she would always, always use this example. There's janitors that make half a million dollars, millions of dollars. There's all of these positions that you would kind of just glance by. Oh, no, that's not going to give me what I want. Be great at what you're supposed to be, and it'll give you what you what you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I don't know where the pushback is. I love it. I, I absolutely, totally, one hundred percent agree. Like I think, and again, I it, I don't I don't understand where the controversy is, but I understand that something like that could be controversial. Yeah. But I do think that 
It's not about what the title is or what the role is. It's how it is that we bring our A game yep. to every single thing that, that we do and that we find meaning and kind of uh, character building opportunities and opportunities for our dignity to show yep. in everything that we do. So the other thing that I wanted to ask you about that was super interesting to me is when you started off um, talking about the beginning of On Decker and um, Josh calling you and saying, hey, I had this really tough moment. Can you uh, uh, create a, a documentary about it? And, and before we went on uh, air, you talked about kind of this issue of shame. And I'd love to be able to like talk about that a little bit more because everyone has an experience yeah. of messing up. Like all of us yep. mess up. Sometimes we mess up in front of thousands or millions of people and we have to figure out how to get out of it. But every single one of us with empath can empathize. We also, a lot of us are in the position of kind of throwing stones yep. at people who mess up and kind of playing that arm, you know, armchair quarterback where we're like, oh, they did this and they th did that and we're judging from afar mistakes that we ourselves yeah. have made, right? What do you, how do you help players that you work with kind of work through this issue of shame? Because sometimes people do go through things that are tough. How do you help them either work through it or frame it as part of an overarching kind of narrative? Yeah. So shame is something that we've been really, really honing in on recently because a lot of your stories, they, they come from a shameful place sometimes, yeah. uh, whether where you grew up or how what your house looked like or what first car you had or all of these things are kind of out of your control. Yeah. You know, you're just going through life, your elementary, middle, high school, college, all of these things, you're not really in control. But that shame stays in your heart because society kind of triggers you, especially with social media these yeah, days. Yeah. You, in social media, you're just seeing everyone's best part of their day. No one's showing you their failures no one's showing that they you know ran into a glass door and how embarrassing that right, was right, right. you know like <laughs> no one's showing that but when i'm talking with my clients i i want to know those things i want to know what makes them them what's the real what's really the engine inside of your body that's your driving factor that you don't want to see another individual go through mm. and that stems from a hard place you know because sometimes it's out of our control yeah can't save the world unfortunately yeah. As much as we try. Yeah. But um, so I try to I try to understand where that shame comes from and and let it I want to heal with everyone because when when you have shame, it, it lives inside of you. Yeah. And uh, but when you start to heal that, you can help other people acknowledge it as well. Yeah. And instead of hiding it and not speaking about it and only speaking about the semi bad things yep. or the prettier things, no, let's let's be raw and real. Yeah. Because you don't know what the next person's going through, who you're talking to, what they've been through. You know, we're having this conversation today and we're getting to know one another, but I don't know what you've been through. I'm looking at you, beautiful, successful, all of these great things, but I'm sure there's a lot of bad times that came that came before today's great, beautiful day. And those bad times are the lights off in the gym shooting days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, those are, that's when you're missing the shot. That those are those days. And we got to be real with ourselves. And once we can be real and accept it, we can help the next person. Because yeah. now we're giving real advice. This is this is authentic. I can't be any more real. I went through this, and this is what reality is. And I don't know if my reality looks like your reality, but I know my reality looks like at least one other person's reality. Yeah. Well, and I love. I love. Um, it's interesting. This is so. I love the topic of shame. It's not that I love shame, <laughs> but I actually did my first master's thesis on the topic of shame. Wow. Literally, that was the master's thesis and internalized depression. So shame to an individual is kind of, I am bad, right? Yeah. As opposed to guilt, where which is, I did something bad. Yep. 
right? And guilt, guilt is recoverable. Shame is identity-based, which is really, really wow. ugly and hard to deal with. So being able to kind of surface it and then separate it from oneself is so incredibly important because nobody can actually get to a place of healing, let alone flourishing, if you are living kind of saddled with this, this shame-based identity. And then internalized oppression, if I have shame, and in my group, shame at a group level is internalized oppression. So it's the reason that things like um, women are often harder on other women, yeah. right? So I, as a woman, might feel a sense of shame about certain things. And then I, and we, as women, right, we do that yeah. to each other in ways that keep us all kind of oppressing each other inside of our own group because we are kind of um, mirroring and ingesting these negative images and toxic kind of narratives that come from a dominant society or dominant culture. It's the reason why, you know, black on black violence exists in so many ways, right? We, we do this. And so for us to be able and to have people like you who are one by one and, and, and group by group, like athletes, you yeah. know, being able to say, let's take this thing that is toxic um, and let's unearth it, but let's also give voice to what it looks like through this process. Definitely. Um, and also help create a path. Yeah for people to see that it's possible to get on the other side of it exactly. and flourish, right? Which is where these athletes are. And then sometimes they're flourishing on the court or on the field, but there are other parts of their lives that aren't, right? And so to help kind of heal the whole person and also create more access points for other people who have aspirations to see that these are multi-dimensional people 100%. with real lives and real struggles and real difficulties. It's really powerful work you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I really love uh, how you touch on that shame thing. And it you only know that you feel shame if you feel it, if you know it, right? If not, it's kind of just like, oh, this is me. This is what it is. Yeah, you don't even know. You don't even know. So once you acknowledge that it is shame, you have to do the work to kind of unshame yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it takes a community. It does. And uh, by, by you telling your story and by this person telling their story, it might inspire someone else to be like, oh, it's not that bad. And look at where they're at today. Yeah. Look at what they're doing. And that's actually the real passion behind my work. I want every individual that I work with to inspire someone else to come forward and tell their story. Because mm -hmm. everyone has a story. And we don't need everyone's story to be, hey, I grew up in a trailer X, Y, and Z. I grew up with only a mom or only with a dad or you know, no parents or whatever it is. That might be one person's reality. But someone else's shame might derive from another place. And right. that's okay also. Right. We all resonate with some story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, it doesn't have to be that everybody has a hardship story, right? Exactly. <laughs> Every, you know? Everybody doesn't have to yeah. have a hardship story. It can be, I grew up in an incredibly loving, happy, healthy household, and still there's something that I wrestled with. Or I grew up in a happy, healthy, loving household, and let me tell you why it is that I've made the choices that I have because of that, the yeah. good things that I've exactly. actually brought forward in my life and what I want to do with that yeah. going forward. Yeah, it's really powerful to think about people kind of proactively having agency over their narrative and their voices in ways that allow them to be seen as more than um, just this, yep. you know, small image that we have of athletes, for example. Um, so I wanted to ask you about um, impact. So one of the things that you talk about um, is having you know, using on decker and using the relationships that you have to have impact. And what I'd love to do is get a better sense of like, what do you mean when you say impact? Like, what are some of the things that to you um, are demonstrable kind of ways in which you and Ondecker and the relationships that you have and work um, with through your foundations um, actually have impact in communities, in lives, yeah. et cetera? 
Um, my hope is that with every moment that we try to have an impact, which again, like I said, is 24 hours a day for me, seven days a week. And again, for my clients as well, everything we do, you'll never see one of my guys turn down a photo or turn down an autograph or anything mm -hmm. like that. Even so much to the point that I have bags of jerseys and signed items from each of my clients because they say, whenever someone reaches out to you, don't try to find out if it's a sad oh. story, if it's a real story, if it's fake, give them this. Because if they reached out, this is what they need. And let's give it that to them. What does it cost us, right? So that impact of trusting every individual, but more so wow. of giving a space where they come and they can learn and they can feel, feel. I always say feeling that hope, that piece of hope, because there's always something that someone else can inspire us to do and to, to, to realize in life. Um, so impact to me really just means that I... My, as a collective, my group and I, we all give some sort of hope and they walk it. out of that space just feeling that the world's a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. And it's not as bad as they thought it was. The glass is half full and I do believe there are way more good people I too, too. than bad people. I do too. And as humans, we know what's right and wrong. and We have that. It's, it's harder to do the wrong thing, I think. It's easier to do the right thing. But society kind of makes us cynical and wants us to, to choose the bad route. Oh, they did this. Why can't I do it? Well, why, why do you want to do what they did? Yeah. Don't let anyone influence your character. Yeah. Be true to who you are. And who we are are good people at the core. We're all, you know, again, leaning into my faith. We're good people. We're made in, you know, the image of, of, of God. And I, I hope that people feel that, uh, you know, just, just feel that moment of hope and just want to go and say, you know, not all athletes are jerks. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever it is. Like I found hope in this space. Yep. And that's 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 the ultimate goal. And that's kind of like your my everyday passion and something that I share and express with my team and my clients and anyone that I work with. I love it. It's it's so interesting to think about like there are a lot of um of bad raps but i also know that there are athletes and celebrities who are like mm -mm, don't have yeah. time for you, you know yeah. they're like oh why do you want that jersey yeah. who are you going to sell it to mm, i don't believe you there's there's so oh, talk to my agent and yeah so there are i actually do know you know from my own lived experience that that like it exists it's real it's real. real yeah but that stems from someone doing them wrong in their mm, in their exactly. time in their time uh, that stems from a, a situation that they haven't healed from or that yeah. they wanted to learn from and they think that this is now how they have to go. And I completely respect it. You know, everyone has their story and everyone learns yeah, from yeah. experiences and it that's how they alter and that's how they go about their days differently. That's cool. That's fine. But... But this is how we do it. This is how, this is how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> this is how this we is, do it. This is how we do it, all right? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I love, that, I love the idea of just, you know trusting people yeah you know like there's there's just to give people the benefit of the doubt just assume yes. good intention exactly in a world filled with so much to give them your wallet yeah. and expect them to not take a dollar out i'm telling you to, to give them the dollar because they needed it because they asked you for it you don't know what they need it for but they needed it and as humans we have ego and we have pride and for someone to come forward and ask yeah yeah th there's, there, there's something behind that I totally agree. I, 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 I totally agree. And I know, I know that it's, you know, it's, it's complicated. I understand the complexities, but I also 100% kind of hear you loud and clear. Like, yeah. let's, this, who, who am I, right? Yeah. Start, start off with that conversation with myself and yeah. amongst us. Who are we 
How does that show up? And then just do it relentlessly. Yeah. I totally and agree. I can't sit here and lie and say that there's never a thought that I'm like, I do not want to be nice to this person. They did something to me that was so wrong. I don't want to be nice to them. But then that's what they did. And that's what they have to live with. And I'm going to have to live with whatever I do. Mm. And that's what brings me back to what to my ultimate decision and however I handle a situation and how we go forward as a group. When I talk to my team and we have our weekly meetings as a team, I tell everyone, first of all, you guys are all your own CEOs. We are all the own CEO of our own lives. So you're going to make your own decision. Mm. But if we're all a part of this team and we share this vision, let's make the decision that's right for society, right for community, right for humanity. That's good. Yeah, because it's easy to be like, here's what we do all the time, but there are always going to be exceptions. There's always going to be a place where people have to have some kind of individual agency. Where it's yeah. like, I'm not exactly sure if we have a policy that tells me left or right <laughs> or whatever it is, right? But to be able to say, we, we know who yep. we are and stick with that. You can you can do this. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Again, it goes back to trust, right? And exactly. having a moral kind of compass that's directing us. Yep. You, I know in your work, you work a lot with, um, you collaborate with all sorts yeah. of different organizations with, you know, NBA and MLB and NFL and others. Like, how does that, how do those kinds of collaborations work? And I don't mean the technicalities, but, and I'm kind of zooming out and thinking about the fact that there's all sorts of complexity that exists. There's all sorts of reasons why people are being asked to work with and support this organization or not support that organization yeah. or totally like blast this one or speak out against this one or stand in unity with that one. How is it that you navigate that? And I'll just give a little bit of a backstory for a second. And it's it's about me specifically. I know for me in the past, I've felt so, this kind of roller coaster uh, of experiences and feelings and emotions related to the NFL, for example. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'm like, you know what? They they could have they could have done this better. They could have spoken out more um, definitively. They could have spoken out more quickly. Um, they could have. Uh, they could have made different choices to be more inclusive in certain times. And and I get frustrated or the way they handle certain yeah. things related to concussions or CTE. And there's times that I'm just so frustrated. And then there's other times when I'm like, but there's also this this opportunity to have a tremendous amount of positive impact. This is a huge organization yeah. that touches the lives of so many young children, so many parents, so many communities. You know, I feel kind of like this, this array of emotions. And so that complexity is something that I sit with a lot. I know a lot of people do. And I also know that we get pressure in the world that we live in to choose. Yep. We like them wholly or we don't like them wholly, which <laughs> exactly. is kind of a too simple of an option. How do you navigate those collaborations and those kind of ways in which you stay true to your own character and values and also navigate collaborations? Yeah, well, I think uh, first and foremost, you have to understand that your vision is your vision and how you approach a situation might not be how another individual approaches a situation. So that's first and foremost, is kind of respecting how everything is ran within someone's organization. So going to the NBA, NFL, MLB, or even just other organizations, you kind of have to work at their speed. Mm -hmm. Now you're going into their place. And history is there. You know, it's you you know how these things work and you do understand that there's a lot of politics involved on different mm -hmm. levels. And it's just about allowing your vision to be so crystal clear that they see it as well. Yeah, yeah. And then they fall in love with the goal but the path might not be how you designed it. Mm. So so sometimes we look at situations where like, what took them so long? Yeah, yeah. Had to figure out the path. 
had to pave the road to get there because we haven't done this before. And while we might have done something along these lines, we haven't had this goal. And this goal is bigger than ever before. So give us some moments. And I respect time. And I, every time I go to a corporation, another organization, whatever it is, first thing I tell everyone is, I'm on your team. I'm not here to step on your toes, to take your job, to do anything like that. Because if we have the same goal of making this world a better place, making our community a better place, we're on the same team. Yep. And you can never have too many people working towards that goal. Yep. So that's first and foremost. Um, and then secondly, really analyzing who you're going to be working with and knowing and understanding and saying, uh, do our visions align? Do yeah, you know, are we aligned? And if if we say no, but I'm still gonna try to thread this needle, well, you're probably gonna face some obstacles. Right. And you can't act surprised once these obstacles pop up. But again, if you want change, something has to change. And if you want change, something has to change or nothing, everything stays the same. Exactly. So um I know that. And I know that these organizations, um, such as the MBA, MLB and all of the rest, they've been around for a long time. They've been doing this for a long time. Their heart's there because they have the initiative there. They might just not have the direction. And again, we all have different visions. We all have different approaches of how yeah. we handle lives. And it kind of goes back to, we might have gone through the same thing, but we took different roads to get there. And that's fine. We got there. It's, that's that's the ultimate goal. We want to figure out how we're going to get there no matter what. Yeah. Um, so just really respecting people's boundaries, their time and their vision and just trying to help them see what you see and why you believe this change is so important. Um, a lot of times I'm unsuccessful. A lot of times. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that 10,000 shots. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> I send out I send out pitches all the time. I'm like, wow, this company is going to love this. And it's like, no, you know, we'll, we'll revisit this another time. I'm like, how? I thought that this was gold. Yeah. And they just didn't see the value. And that's okay. And then they come out with something and you're like, respectfully, that 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 was kind of bad. That was bad, maybe. <laughs> And, it, and it, yeah, you know, yeah. that's, that's great. Yeah. Competitive nature. Now I got to go back to the drawing board and I saw what they were able to accomplish. Now I want more. Now I know what to go back. Now I see your vision. I see your path. I see the road that you took to get there. And now I can work and now I can help. And now we can kind of uh, collaborate later on again. So that that is, first of all, all of it to me is about kind of having a mindset of, I don't know, abundance where you're yes. like, listen, right? It's like, listen, we, what am I bringing to the table? It's not just... Who are you and how do I fit myself into your mold? But it's also like acknowledging that I have something to bring also yeah. and being clear about what that is in myself, but also in an ability to articulate that. And a lot of times people come to collaborations, you know, like, okay, I'm here. I hope somebody sees me. I hope somebody recognizing me, recognizes me. And they get frustrated that we're not heard or that we're not prioritized, but we didn't actually come with an ask. We didn't come with a clear way of contributing yeah. that could help like establish an understanding about what the possibilities are. So starting with that, and I'm thinking about even kind of in my world with my clients, even thinking about how is it that we come yeah. with our ask, understand what value we're bringing yeah. and what it is that we want from this and relationship. And meeting them where they're at. Exactly. And also then not making assumptions that just because I think that this is the right path, you necessarily yeah. are going to be on the same page. But obviously, I see some ad advantage from this potential relationship as well, which is why I'm here. So it may take work on both of yeah. our parts, but it's, don't be surprised exactly. if I don't get what I want right out of the gate, right? You know, you're, we, we're talking about these leagues that have been around for many, many years, yep. right? They've seen everything. Yep. They've been approached by almost everyone. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can't really 
approach someone in our day to day that doesn't know what the NBA is or what the NFL is, right? So that that awareness that they know they they might be reaching out to them as well. And I have to understand that these people might have a hundred calls a day vetting different individuals. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so I I also want to point out that while the goal is to work at that level so that you could have that impact. Sometimes you kind of want to work with the little guys as well. Exactly. You know, and when I work with my clients and we're just starting their foundations, I say it all the time, like, hey, let's go locally. Let's go small so that the MBA, when we get to them, they know that, that we mean business and we're serious. We don't want to just jump to glamour. We don't want to just jump because we want to be on the television and all of those things. We want to actually do the work. Yep. The same day you plant the seed is not the same day that you sit and reap the shade. Yeah. So... um, do the work. Do the work. Do, do, the, do work. the work. I totally agree with you. I got that. And that's the other thing. I think that, you know, this idea of immediate gratification or everything has to be publicized in order for it to yeah. be valuable is is naive. Yeah. Um, is to really be able to say, you know what, this this ongoing commitment, if I really am meaning driven, it's not about exactly. what people see. It's really about am we am I doing something that's helping uh, for, you know, kind of create a path for others. Yeah. That's how people feel. When you say you uh, work with foundations, give me a little bit of understanding about what that means. Is it the players and the foundations that they establish or is it other foundations? Give us a, give us a yeah, sense of that. So um, each of my clients, we've established their own um, individual organization. So they each have a 501c3. They have a mission statement. They have their goals, their clear goals, but can't do it by yourself again. So while they're just getting started in this space and getting their feet wet, someone like the Boys and Girls Club has been around yeah, yeah. forever. Let's learn from them. Let's collaborate with them. Let's help them help us. Because while the Boys and Girls Club, that name is widely known, kind of sometimes goes under the radar. Yeah. You know, if you go in there on any given Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's kind of your ordinary after school care program. So why not add a little bit of flavor to bring that spice back to them while they're also helping us give us that credibility and that name? Love and it. we're actually learning from them and they're showing us because people. People know more than us. <laughs> it's a hard, it's a hard thing to wrap our head around. We are not all knowing, and uh, learning from one another in this space is really key to everything that we're doing because everyone has a different heart, and none of my um, clients have the same mission statement. So I'm tapping into different markets, and I'm learning different spaces Love that it. need help and, and need space. And you know, while with BAM's organization, I resonate because it's for single moms, and I grew up with a single mother. Mookie's organization is for underserved communities that can't afford their medical bills, mm. and they're just as beautiful. Yeah. And if I wasn't, if that wasn't brought to my attention, I kind of would have overlooked that demographic of individuals. And now that I learn more and more. I started to learn the, the percentages of underserved communities that can't pay their bills. Yep. You know, um, we're working on a collaboration right now with UCLA Health. And it's something that's so beautiful because what we're bringing to them is every quarter we're turning their cafeteria into a restaurant experience. Uh -huh. And something so small, you think, oh, I go, I eat three times a day. I might eat out once, twice, three times a week, you get to do these everyday activities. These kids and these families, they don't have those experiences. Yeah. And who's thinking about them? Yeah. You know, so very fortunate to have that, but people have to bring that to your attention. Yeah, yeah. And while working in that space, I've never worked in that space and I didn't live through those experiences. So I don't resonate right off the bat. My heart is with them and I want to help because that's that's the business that we're in. But 
at the same time, you've got to learn from other people that have done this. So, Love it. you know, having mentors and people in different spaces and just picking people's brain is so key. And love it. Oh my goodness. I, I can't, I can only imagine the amount of kind of strategic and intellectual work that you do, the kind of, um, kind of almost psychological or, you know, interpersonal, you know, effectiveness kind of work that you do coaching the athletes themselves and the people that you work with, your team, and then also some of the like really intense kind of also emotional work that you do, like actually watching yeah. um, the work that people are doing in communities and the the kind of call to attention to, to, to specific areas of need. Um, it's just this huge array of like skills yeah. and ways in which your attention has to, has to be divided. How do you do that? Like, how do you, as a person, as a leader who is obviously, you know, I know you have meaning and I know you have faith that anchor you, but how do you actually like make choices about where your energy and attention goes on a day-to-day -day basis. That's uh, that's a good one because you, you have to recharge yourself a lot. You got to sometimes just come home, turn that phone off, and just go to your core, right? Like this is actually a, one of the truest stories I could tell. Um, I, was, I was feeling very anxious from a mistake that I made. And it was a mistake that I made and I should have known better. And uh, it's, I think it was... It was past midnight. It might have been around one in the morning and I couldn't sleep. And I called my mom. I said, mom, I need you to come home. I need you to come to, over to the house. Like, come sleep with me. I just, I just need to reset and recharge and kind of just go back to my foundation and my, you know, what kind of grew me to be and, and to remind myself mistakes are inevitable. Yeah. You know, and so um, something that I'm still trying to perfect because I, I do want to help any person that I see. But again, I think that everyone has a calling in life. And as cliche as it sounds, I really do think that my calling my entire life has been to kind of just help people and be there for people. Yeah. It's not always to just give them something. It's to be there. It's to be an ear, to be a friend, to kind of just be in their corner. You got this. Send yeah, you a yeah. text message in the morning. Hope you have a beautiful day. You know, my friends and I... Uh, we we embody this all the time. You know, my birthday's coming up, and for my birthday, we're we're gonna go feed the homeless. That's what we're gonna do. And people are like, "You're so corny." I'm like, I don't. I couldn't think of a better way uh, yes. <laughs> than and and by doing these things and by doing them constantly and consistently, you you look at life completely different. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what was I just complaining about? No way. Yeah, perspective. Perspective oh. is everything. And I'm not going to, I love the finer things in life. I love eating out and all of those things. Uh, but it's not needed. At the end of the day, if it was one or the other, I'm good. So. Well, and that balance and that you don't forget, right? And the, yeah. the fact that the, the, the most important thing we have is our time. Yeah. And so to be there for people and being listening ear or to spend time helping people who need help and giving of your time, which is the kind of the most finite commodity, yeah. especially for someone like you who's spending so much time doing so many things at a, at a high impact level, to be able to also say, and this is how I want to spend a little bit of discretionary time that I have says so much about you. But it's also, you know, research-based that one of the very best things that we can do to promote our own well-being is to be of service to others. Yeah. And you know that. Like you're filling, it's, yeah. it's kind of a, it's kind of this beautiful, like generous and selfish oh, way of spending I the say day. it all the time. I'm super yeah. selfish because I'm giving you joy for my gratitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and you know, beautiful. it is what it is. You know, take it if it's if you if you guys don't like it, it is what it is. But you know, at Heat Games, Bam has this thing where he upgrades people's seats. Oh. He's like, he's like, let's not surprise them before. 
let's do it right on the spot. So oh, I love it. his team and I, uh, KG, which is also like a mentor to me, and uh, we go up to the 400 level and we just look around. Oh, That's who we're selecting it. today. <laughs> and, and we're doing it even in the finals. I we did it in it. the Boston series. Okay, everybody, Heat it, fans, exactly. show up, show up, Heat fans. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, and you see these emotions and it's like, thank you for shedding that tear because I needed that for me. Oh. I needed that for me. Yeah. And uh, it's so rewarding. I love it's it. so rewarding. So. I love it. And just to find little ways, you know, for Bam yeah. to be able to be thinking about that while he's also he's, out there performing, they'd be like, Wait, did we, can we make a little bit of joy? Exactly. Yeah, and so last cool. night he had a double double and oh. I'm talking to him right before the game. Hey, are we, are we on for tonight? Like, are we, are we upgrading someone? What are we doing? Bam, please go focus on the game. <laughs> oh, is he, did he ask you that? Yes. Oh, I thought you were asking him. <laughs> no, yesterday he was like, he's like, Hey, are we doing this in the finals? Oh. Yes, we're doing this in the finals. It doesn't change. It says because a lot. Your, your platform's getting bigger and the lights are getting brighter. Your heart is still true because that's who it. you are. It says so much about his character. Yeah. That right then and there. Yeah. Like, hey, we're good. We got yeah. good people. Like, are you good? Is everything set up? Everything's set up. We're good. I love it. Yep. Absolutely love it. Oh my goodness. My, I, I don't know if I like, I'm like smiling. I have like almost little tears in my eyes. There are so many like emotions that are happening yeah. at the same time. It's just so, um, fills my heart so much to like hear that your story, hear about your work, hear about the impact that you're making, hear about all the possibilities there are for working with you, having potential impact through one of the foundations that your players are doing. So it's for us to to also be able to like get in touch with you, be able to find and follow the foundations from the players that you're working with and contribute to them in meaningful ways, whether it's volunteering or showing up at an event or uh, donating. Would love to, you know, be part of that kind of virtuous yeah, uh, you're community part of the team that now, you're part so. of. Yeah, we're all on the same <laughs> exactly, team. Exactly, right? exactly. We're on the same team. Um, so I'm going to ask you to share some contact information with us. But before we go, I'm going to ask you a couple of rapid fire questions. Oh, I'm ready. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. All right, all right. Okay, so here we go. Let me find my rapid fire questions <laughs> here. Um, so how does your company ensure that all of your employees feel heard, valued, and included in decision-making processes? So you talked a little bit about your team and everybody's a CEO. What are some of the things that you do, like either behaviorally or kind of structurally in your organization to help your team members feel like they're really heard and valued? Yeah. Um, with being a leader and being a CEO and that you have to kind of come down sometimes on individuals that you don't see pulling their weight to the potential that they possibly could. So you have that conversation offline with them and you're just like, hey, what happened? They're like, oh, I didn't have X, Y, and Z. Well, why didn't you ask me? And then if I see they ask and then it wasn't fulfilled, keep asking. Yeah, yeah. This is an open door policy. I am just like you because I need you because you provide something that I can't fulfill on my team. And if we all have the same goal. So I stress Every single weekly call to my team is we are one team, one dream. And mm. if, if we're on this, it's if, if it's just for a paycheck, it's probably not the best place for you. That's first. Second, if, you, if we do share the same vision, let's go. Bother me because you want to get to that goal just as bad. And if I'm not pulling my weight, it's not fair to you. Yeah. And every single one of my teammates know that. And every single one. And sometimes they're like, oh, this, you know, if we'll go to a heat game or whatever it is, I encourage I encourage everyone, hey, you want to go to a heat game? Let's go. You can come with me. Just because I'm your boss doesn't mean that you can't enjoy these experiences that you are creating for us as right. well. Because without you, these moments wouldn't happen as well. 
You know, so I always try to let people lean into their power and to give them their creative space to kind of what I, I saw something in you to bring you onto the team. I love it. Do it. I love it. Lean into your power. Absolutely love it. And for you to always realize that, you know, you're, you know, they look to you as a person who has more power than them, but you're always like, no, 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 you actually have more yeah. power than you think. And I see your power. Yeah. And to constantly be reminding people and pulling them into their I tell power. them we are a five lane highway. Love it. And we, are, <laughs> we each have a car in a different lane. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Love it. Oh, I have fast and furious in my head right <laughs> yeah. now. I have a total vision. Um, so can you tell a time when you had to really inspire all your team to achieve a big goal? Like, what was it that you did? Like, you had a big, big goal. You were like something that just seems Herculean. And you're like, we can do it. But it was really out of reach. How did yeah. you do that? Um, in 2019, I got approached by um, Jordan Brand to do an event. The event was in two weeks, though. <laughs> During Art Basel. Mm. Oh. Right? Oh, right. Exactly. And when I got approached them, the answer is yes. You don't turn down. Yes, yes. Brand. The immediate answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> I will figure it out. So I, I say yes immediately right here. And then I turn to my team and everyone's like, you said yes. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with you? I said, no, no, no. We got this. We got this. <laughs> and it was a lot of hardships. It was a lot of tears. It was a lot of frustration. I will tell you that. But we accomplished it. And every single day we stayed true. And it wasn't only myself. Then I started to see other people on the team kind of take my role when I got down. Because I also would think to myself, what did I do? What did I do? <laughs> did I get in over my head? How are we going to knock this off? Two weeks during Art Basel, where's the budget coming from? What companies are still available to work with you? What, you know, even production companies have tables and seats wow. to fill this space? Where are you going to even host this at? But um, we actually pulled off the event. It was rated the top. It was the second event, best event of Art Basel 2019. Uh, it's still the shoe that we released was a Jordan 1. It's still a top five shoe in the market till, still to today. Love it. I um, love the stats. Thank yeah. you for telling and, us how uh, it ended. Yeah. And, it's, and it's crazy because through that, uh, I then became a part of the Jordan family and kind of just trickled from there. But I remember the best piece of advice that I got is, you know what you want? I said, yes, don't stop till you get it. And I remember saying, I want DJ Khaled. And my friend said to me, <laughs> I won't say his name, but when he sees this, he's going to know it's exactly him. He said, he lives on the water. He loves boats. Send the boat to his house, branded. And just let the car, let the boat park there. And you see, you're like, this guy's going to call the police. <laughs> if I just, if a boat's outside of his house, he's going to call the police. And he says, don't worry about what's gonna, what could go wrong. Think about what could go right. This boat waited outside of DJ Khaled's house. He was having dinner outside with Buster Rhymes. I love this story. <laughs> His wife and a couple of friends. And Khaled saw it was a branded Jordan Soulfly boat. And uh, Khaled called, you know, some people from Jordan. He's like, "What? what is this? And he was like, get on it. Khaled got on that boat. I bet he and did. And showed up to our party. Oh, wait. He got on the boat right then? Oh, you sent a boat I right sent then a and boat there. Real time. Real time. You had no house. idea if he was available. I you were no just idea. like, please come. No idea. Oh, my goodness. That is, woo, that is nerve. I love it. Yep. It's brilliant. Yep. And, and he, he just got, got on the boat. He got on the boat. It took about an hour and a half. So he got on the boat. He was having dinner. Yeah, yeah. Respectfully. Showed up out of nowhere. It's cool. But the captain waited on that boat. 
Oh my god, that's the best story. And uh, story. everyone's just nerve wracked, you know, like, are you sure that's the right decision? You might ruin a relationship with forever. I said, Well, I don't know him, so I swore to try. And uh he came and like I said, one of the best events of our Basel 2019, still the top five shoe on the market. My ah. relationship with Jordan Brand stronger than ever. Ah, um, shoot your shot. I love that. Shoot I love your shot. <laughs> I love it. I and, love it. Uh, and, you know, my team, they didn't want to see me probably for like two weeks after that. Yeah. Rightfully so. Take your time. It's yeah. Christmas anyways. Cool. See you. Right. See you it is. It's you. right during the holidays. Yep. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. Uh, but we, we sometimes when we talk, we always laugh about this story. What can't we do? Look at what we did in two weeks. Two weeks. In two weeks. Two weeks. It was actually 12 days. And the other thing that the story does is it reminds me about dreams and vision. I have to be audacious. Yeah. Like no small, people aren't motivated to pursue, to um, pursue small dreams. Like, of course you want like, you want like a vision statement and then you want like an annual goal and you want, what are our milestones? And you want those to be realistic and achievable, et cetera, et cetera. But real vision, something that's really a stretch has to be so audacious that you have to like muster a whole different kind yep. of set of, you know, emotions and energy to get to yep. it. And it also leads you to a whole different level of performance and also like confidence and competence. Oh, your belief in yourself, you know, and you, you mentioned early on our conversation about being strategic. I play out every scenario in my head in hundreds of different schemes mm-hmm. before I actually move forward with it. So I'm prepared. I'm prepared. If yeah, he didn't yeah. get on that boat, okay. Yeah. If he did call the police, leave. If, yeah. you know, all of the things that could go wrong, okay. And all of the things that could go great, even better. Yeah. And that's what you plan for. And that's what you manifest. And that's what you hope for. And there's no fear in faith. Exactly. <laughs> no fear with faith. Exactly that. So, okay. I am, I'm literally like floating the rest of the day. I feel like I've had amazing, like motivational speech for the day. Thank you so, so much, Victoria, for being here. Tell us, how do we learn more about On Decker and about the work that you're doing or about some of the foundations that you and your players work with? How do we find that? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, social media is leading force. You go to either BAM's uh, Instagram. is. You know, it's funny. Both both Mookie and BAM have their foundation in their bio. Good. And it says so much. It's their bio. This is Bio is a moment to talk about yourself. Well, this foundation is me. I love it. And uh, so you can directly be able to be redirected from their, their Instagram. Um, my... I'm on Decker. That's us on uh, social media, on all platforms, we have a website. Uh, but more than anything, look within your community and we'll probably be there. I love it. All right. <laughs> okay. I look forward to seeing you. So, okay. Last, last. I know this is like, who, who's going to win? Like, how is it, how's it going to go? Oh. The nuggets, heat. This is tricky. You know, I'm going all the way with the heat, baby. I love it. We can't, all the we way can't with the heat. Yeah. Exactly. It's, These uh, fans got to come out. Seven game series. Um, fan, fans. Yeah, fans, we need more from you, fans. <laughs> Come on, fans. But uh, just belief in in the team. And Coach Bo's doing an incredible job. Each of the guys are holding their own weight. They're all in their own lane. Yeah. They are not competing. Yeah. They are meshing. Yeah. They are bonding. Yeah. They are playing basketball. Miami. So proud of Miami right yeah. now. I know Florida is complicated in so many ways, but I'm <laughs> telling you, I'm really. Uh, it's a really a fun place to be and filled with really amazing People who are doing amazing and meaningful work. Yeah, we're and you definitely part. are part of it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for thank being you. here, Thank Victoria. you for everything that you're doing. And I really want to thank you for coming. This, this podcast couldn't have come at a better time in my life for everything that you stand for and everything that it means in my life today. So I feel that. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you.